Welcome to the Why Gotta Why podcast. This is Peter Englert. I am one of the co-hosts, our series co-host, Alyssa. Alyssa, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. How are you? It's a Friday. I so know. We're it's here. sunny. We're here with our producer, Nathan. We are in a series called Why Would I Volunteer? Fill in the blank. And today's episode is really uh, fantastic because this is something that's the heartbeat of Browncroft. It's very local to Rochester. It's called Flower City Work Camp. Here's the deal. If you don't live in Rochester, keep listening because I'm sure there's an organization like this around here. But this is just such a big deal to who we are. We wanted to share that. We have one of our friends, uh, one of our neighbors, executive pastor Jonathan Sigmund. And uh, we're going to be talking to him. He's had a few roles in Flower City Work Camp. But Alyssa, what do you think about this question? Yeah, well, another thing is if you don't live in Rochester, that doesn't mean you can't start your own. Maybe someone's already doing this, but maybe they're not. And maybe maybe that's you. So just saying, keep listening. It's exciting. I love Flower City. Um, I was a kid when I first started participating as a student. I was 12. I don't know. Seventh grade. Um, yeah, so this is very near and dear to my heart. I'm very excited. Well, here we go. <laughs> Jonathan. Well, hello, you guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, Jonathan, um, we should have had you on before your friend Dave Hurtwick. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, uh, that's an oversight on my part. That so. is, that is. We'll be talking about that after. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we uh, get into Flower City Work Camp, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, how did you end up in Rochester? Good old Rochester. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on West Side, Best Side. Um, so, uh, no, just kidding. I love all you East Siders as well. <laughs> Got a big heart. Um, so, uh, I actually came here from Pennsylvania. And uh, I uh, found out about the church uh, that I uh, that I now am at called Calvary Assembly through I was dating a girl long distance. I was in PA. She was up here. I had met her at a wedding. And so I had actually visited the church several different times just as coming alongside with her. And it turns out that they had an opening for a youth and worship leader. And so I applied and quite frankly, I felt very underqualified in many ways, Uh, but uh, the Lord opened up that door. And so I ended up uh, moving from uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, up here to Rochester, New York, for both a job and a girl, and both have worked out. <laughs> the girl ended up turning into my wife, and now the mother of two of my children, <laughs> all of my children. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, really, really just blessed. Uh, love Rochester and this city and this community uh, on so many different levels. Now I've been here for almost 12 years. So I, I relate to your story on multiple levels, mm-hmm. um, moving to Rochester. So when I first moved here, like people talked about Flower City Work Camp, like it was this like, you know, it was the road to Terabitha or something oh, like that. It, it was, is. It is. So <laughs> I guess I'd be curious, what's your story of getting involved in it and maybe even telling people who've never heard of it, like what it is, what it is, but also like you probably went through some of that too. Yeah. Well, I, so I actually just heard about it. My church wasn't participating in it. 
but I heard about it from um, another local friend of of my wife's at that time, girlfriend. But um, and it was like, oh, hey, there's this organization that has. 60 different churches coming together for one united purpose to serve the city. And I had never heard or seen of anything like that. And I grew up in the church and had a dad as a pastor. And I knew how difficult it was to get churches from different denominations and different backgrounds to unite together for a common purpose. So I was already interested and intrigued on that level. And then I found out like, hey, it's it's involving students and they use their spring break just to go and help people in the city of Rochester and help rebuild their homes or beautify them. And um, so I loved that concept. And so I just started, you know, finding out about the info meetings, found out more. And then I just became so passionate about it once I saw um, everything, everything behind the scenes of, of how well run it was and how much impact it could have on both the students' lives and the people they were serving lives, as, as well as the adult volunteers. It, it felt like, man. And so our church ended up, like Browncroft, going kind of all in on it. And um, we've just loved being a part of it. And man, there's just been so much fruit that has happened in so many people's lives. Like Alyssa mm-hmm. was saying, I, I remember even sitting this is probably five years ago now, I'm sitting in a um, master's class with somebody and she's like talking about her most pivotal moment in her life. And she's like a mom now is like 30 years old. And she was like, yeah, the most pivotal moment in my life was I was 15 years old at Flower City Work Camp. And she starts telling this whole story of how like God transformed her life. And I was like, oh my gosh, at the time I was actually the director of Flower City Work Camp. She didn't even know that. (laughs) And uh, so afterwards I was like, oh my gosh, it was, it was, it was great. And there's, there's just like hundreds of those stories now that exist after 25 years plus of Flower City Work Camp doing this, um, that it just, I I love that. And uh, it's captivated my heart. Mm. Yeah, clearly, which is exciting. Yeah. So did you ever, I mean, you're through Calvary, but did you get to volunteer as a, as an adult leader? Uh, yeah, so basically I, I started out as a youth pastor, so kind of like the representative okay, yeah. of my church, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I really tried to help get a lot of our people involved with it, and then um, after, uh, I don't know, five or six years of doing that, the basically the founders of it, who, who had done it for like 20-some mm-hmm. years, <laughs> were like, hey, we are ready to pass the baton, and they asked me to do that. I was shocked. I thought, I, I did not think that conversation was coming. <laughs> Uh, but they entrusted me with that. So I did that for a few years as well. Now I uh, now I serve on the board okay, um, nice. uh, for Flower City. Yeah. Cool. So let me ask both of you. Um, I've never done Flower City Work Camp. Oh, I've oh, seen, oh, gotta man. get on that. I got to get on that. <laughs> so like between the both of you, what does like a normal week look like in Flower City Work Camp? Yeah, go ahead, Alyssa. You tell them. <laughs> I'm like uh, pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks different now, but... So I got the privilege of being a student and a leader, so which is fun to say. Um, but I mean, the week, the way that it unfolds is it's four days, I think. But we stay at, I'm an East Sider, I'm sorry, but we stayed at Browncroft. And so stu- there's, you know, hundreds of students that stay at church all week and they like we worship together and we have a message. And then in the morning you go out and you are serving, you mentioned them, but you're either on a work site um, doing various construction projects 
and or then there's sidewalk club which is with kids in the neighborhoods um and then over the the sports camps came in later i wasn't a student when they had sports camps i don't think maybe basketball camp at like yeah, the very so now, end now they've added in basketball camps for kids soccer camps for kids and then now even we're serving out local agencies yeah. and, and serving them which is pretty cool yeah that's awesome so one i've always I, I want you to continue but i've just had this quick question do students and adults like pick where they want to volunteer serve or does it get picked for them yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh it's it's kind of like you choose your first selection mm -hmm. of like work site or that sort of thing so part of it is matching the needs that exist with what's out there mm -hmm. but um, primarily they're able to to match people both adults and students with uh you know what their primary pick of either going to a work site that's the bulk of it that's maybe 70 percent of people serve at work sites and then um the 30 percent is the other things that we just mentioned mm -hmm. It's way easier for kids to get their choices if we have adult leaders uh -oh. that volunteer. <laughs> then the kids can do what they want to do. So I love it. Also saying that, whatever. So <laughs> so just big picture what I'm hearing. It's like, and again, it's different this, this year because of COVID. Right. But three to four days yep. during spring break, mm -hmm. yeah. um, you're, you're finding a place that you can serve. A lot of it has to do with constructions, how, and it's basically, we just want to love Rochester really well. Is Absolutely. That, mm -hmm. okay. Absolutely. And yeah, I think um, it, sometimes it can feel like, oh, I need to have like a real construction-y kind of background. And that's not really necessary and needed. I think you have to have, um, it, that helps for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think if if you are somebody who uh, can it, at bare minimum tolerate teenagers, <laughs> but maybe you even love teenagers, uh, I think that there's a real opportunity to be able to invest in their lives um, throughout the week. That A lot of the tasks, are they're not these high level construction things it's painting it's cleaning it's um, but they do some some places it depends on the need of the places they'll install new flooring and new toilets and stuff mm -hmm. like that but they've got they pair up experts with novices and so they do a really good job of of that and then empowering students to be able to use their gifts and learn like Alyssa did mm -hmm. starting at 12 years old um, I, a lot of kids are like oh this is the first time I've ever used a power tool mm -hmm. and uh, so they, they learn some like cool skills all while you know developing a relationship with a local homeowner and being able to serve them it's uh, it's it's really cool and, and transformative for the kids uh, for sure so uh, both of you share a little bit more because you've been on, you know, you you represent like all sides of this. Why is it so important for students in junior high and high school to be part of something like Flower City Work Camp? Yeah, I'll go first. Great. Um, yeah, so, okay. Just so Jonathan gave you like the awkward <laughs> look. He, he, he's like trying to be the host here. I am trying to take over. I've always wanted to host Why God Why, and I feel like this is my window of opportunity <laughs> to do it. This is your time to shine. This is it. <laughs> yeah, so for me personally, when I um, first did Flower City, I was in seventh grade, and this was the first time that – I mean, I had been going to youth group a little bit for – I mean, Flower City's in April. So I've been going to youth group for half a year, but not super consistently or not like, I mean, I had friends, but it was just whatever. But this moment of Flower City, like learning that you do have some kind of purpose, but you have like 
a role in what God's doing, even as a 12 year old. Like, I think that's really, really important Powerful. for kids to, to know and to realize like there is so much influence, you know, kids have a lot of influence. This is why I'm very passionate about like, I like youth missions because not necessarily for like what gets done during the week. Sometimes that's really awesome. Sometimes not so much, but, um, but I really love it because it just like students getting involved is super cool. Like it's, it's so awesome to see like their eyes opening to God's like major plan. And the fact that they can have a little piece in that is just important for their lives and the value that they see in themselves. Um, and then also the influence that they have on each other. Like it's so easy for adults to be like, God loves you. And he like, Mm -hmm. you know, wants to use you in this way and he wants you to serve and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes that doesn't matter as cool as you are. It doesn't matter. But if you have kids your own age, there's just more influence in that area. And I think like if you can really capture a kid's heart in serving and what God wants and just like, yeah, truly fall in love with God at a young age, like you are like the ripple effect of that is incredible because now you're talking about middle schools and high schools and those are dark times for a lot of kids but to get like the spirit of god in there is just super important yeah no you as you're talking about that i'm thinking about a student uh he was a sophomore in high school and when i was back when i was youth pastor i would go to his football games because i was going and seeing some of the kids in our youth group game and for whatever reason god just like put this particular student, his name is John, on my heart. And um, so I just cheered for him and stuff and um, ended up like this is back in the days of like early Facebook. (laughs) So I remember like writing up a uh, post. I forget what they even called them. It wasn't like a post. It was like a letter you'd write. It was like a blog post basically (laughs) on Facebook. Again, this is OG. But uh, so I think no, thank you. That's it. Yeah. Peter, you're old too. You're you're old too. (laughs) Um, So uh, so wrote up this whole like storyline of like what happened to the football game. It was a crazy, exciting game and like tagged some of the students. And, and it, anyways, that, that student got invited by some of the other kids in our youth group. He came and for, he was on this, I could tell he was at this real like pivotal moment mm-hmm. as this 10th grader where his trajectory was going to go one of two ways. Like either he was going to start running with this wrong crowd and, and I saw where that was going, but he also had some really good influences in it, in his life and, um, had some stuff going on in his personal life too. That I'm just like, man, this, this is such a pivotal moment for this young man. And so, um, I was like, I I even told some of my student leaders, I'm like, guys, you got to get John to come to youth group. Like you got to get him there. So he ends up coming and it's like the last day to sign up. Like his first time at youth group is like the last day to sign up for Flower City Work Camp. I'm like, dude, you, you got to do this. He's like, who are you? What are you talking about? I'm going to spend my whole spring break like giving that up. And uh, his friends, you know, helped get him in and he did it. And so John ends up coming to Flower City Work Camp a couple of months later. And he has this moment. And I remember I remember standing in the back of the auditorium at a, at a church in, in Greece here where the Lord just broke through into his heart. And I remember it was a very emotional time for him where he, he realized uh, that he was at that crossroads moment. Mm-hmm. And he decided to say, I am going to follow Jesus with my life. 
And it wasn't just a spiritual high moment and then went off and did his own thing. He ended up becoming um, super involved in our youth ministry, ended up going to a Christian college and studying ministry, and and now actually serves as the young adult leader at our church and uh, has done that and has now built up his own ministry, his own influence in so many college Mm -hmm. students' lives. And it it all stemmed from that moment at Flower City Work Camp that God used that as a catalyst. And um, man, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to think of now where he's at eight years later and how God has used that. So, you know, adults uh, give up a ton of time. I, so, I mean, this is mainly for kids, but when I say kids, students, I should say. But, you know, there's adults that actually take week of vacations off. Um, you know, I guess I'm looking at both of you because you've served as adult. What was like a defining moment for you to be part of Flower City Work Camp that you said this was wor- worth my week off from my regular job? This was worth doing that. So, John, you look like you're ready. You sure. Start. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, it, it really had to. So even when I started volunteering, it wasn't even like a week of work for me it was as the director i was volunteering five hours a week for the whole year um so in order for me to say yes to that i knew i was going to say no to a lot of other things but i really felt like the mission and the vision was worth my time and i think that's always how i'm trying to frame my lens of how i use my time is this really worth the return on investment of my time and uh, i don't mean return on investment on financially i got paid zero (laughs) dollars but it i really felt like i could make a difference and and help uh, set this up and you know it's like there's there's so much hurt and brokenness and division between so many different sectors right now in 2020 amplified that um, in so many different ways. And I'm like, man, if we can find ways where we can just serve without an agenda other than showing the love of Jesus to people, I'm in and I'm about that. And so I think for me, it really was my faith that compelled me to say, you know what, this is this is a great use of my time. And, and even for listeners, maybe it's Flower City or maybe it's something else. But I, I do just feel like even even I was reading this morning, the story of the good Samaritan. And it's like, here's this person who's beat up on the side of the road and the first guy walks by and the second guy walks by and they don't do anything. But what does Jesus say? He, he says, man, this, this Samaritan who crosses racial divisions and all kinds of differences and says, you know what? Uh, he's that that good Samaritan gives up a lot. He he risks. He's on this dangerous road where somebody was just beat up. He risks uh, his safety. He risks going across Samaritan and Jewish lines, like diff- significant differences of people groups who hated each other, and says it's worth it. And then uses his own money, his own time. He's inconvenienced, and he does all of those things. And that's how Jesus answers the question: Who is your neighbor? And so for me, I'm like, okay, this is, this is what my faith compels me to do. I don't do it out of obligation. I do it out of response because, man, I, I love what Jesus has done for me. I want to go tell others about that. And so that's really kind of my framework for why I decided to say yes to Flower City. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so I started as a student and went through middle school and high school. So I had a lot of like I saw value in my own life and in my friends' lives. And so that was an important piece for me going in as an adult. Like I, so I went away to school for a year 
at Grove City College. And then I came home after that year. And so I was at MCC for a year. And that is when I was like, well, their their spring breaks line up. Like I'm doing this. So it was exciting to be. I mean, I was 19. I have no construction experience. (laughs) Shockingly, I know. But (laughs) I'm like, I know how to paint and I know how to encourage students and I care about them. And I really, really love this week. So I'm going to do it and it's going to be really awesome. And yeah, and it's I think that is a cool piece, too, is I mean, John had mentioned it before, but you don't need to have a crazy amount of experience in order to do this because like they're going to pair you with someone that knows what they're doing. There's plenty of people that love Jesus, can sort of value students and know how to do construction. So they're going to pair you with someone that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's really cool just empowering students to use their skills, skills that they didn't even know they had. Like I got to use power tools as mm-hmm. probably a ninth grader. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I'm so awesome. And yeah, it was just, it's a cool thing to see kids like light up when they are learning different skills. And then at the same time, they get to like match that with, you know, caring about people and sharing the name of Jesus and then and then worshiping at the end of the night together. Like it's just a really powerful week, um, super encouraging for kids and for adults, too. I think it's like the messages you can learn so much through them as an adult. And I don't know. I just think like that's why. So I came through personal experience, but just because I was excited about it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm going to ask a tough question. Because, you know, we've been talking in this whole series about, you know, consistency and faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's a tension, right? Because, you know, Alyssa shared about missions trips. You know, we have all these wonderful Americans going for one week to, you know, a country that needs help. Mm -hmm. Do they really need help? Are we taking away from other people that would Mm -hmm. be able, other business leaders? But we know that sometimes that sets someone on a trajectory of change and kind of with flower city work camp you know i think the question that's kind of brought up there is in an ideal world it's you do this for a week and that creates an awareness for consistency and faithfulness but there's probably some opponents whether they follow jesus or not like all you're doing is one week so i guess what would you say to those individuals oh yeah no i think uh i think it's a very fair question at least to ask because um yeah well if you're just blowing in and blowing out like what are you really doing Mm -hmm. and i think honestly a lot of the leadership questions that have been discussed uh more behind the scenes but is hey how do we make sure we're creating sustainable relationships and um i think that's really been coming to the forefront over the last five years and so just trying to do strategic things of like um hey when we do a sidewalk camp let's go back to the same exact place year after year and so what we've been able to do is see these kids grow up um, every spring break and uh, for basketball camp let's go back to the exact same location have the same kids and fight them back and not even just that but um, we've said like hey what if we were to come back once a month on a saturday rent this facility out and do that so we've we've tried to get creative with it so that there can be sustainable ways even um, one of the initiatives that um, even one of the staff members from browncroft is helping initiate and run is how can we create partnerships with churches that are really close by 
by in proximity so that when uh, uh, even a kid at a vacation Bible school says yes to Jesus, we can point them to a church. It's not even any of the churches that are serving at Flower City Work Camp. It's, it's simply to say like, hey, here's a church that's a solid church that is right around the corner from you that would be very easy for you to um, access. And so we've now been able to identify in all the different quadrants and areas of Rochester City to say, hey, here's a church that we know and trust. Why don't you start going here so that they can help disciple you along the way? And uh, I'm excited for the fruit that's going to come from that. Well, I mean, you're kind of bringing up, and I know this, that Flower City, there's been way more churches added, um, not just suburban, but in Center City, Rochester, and mm -hmm. all over. And I think that even if you don't live in Rochester, you feel this tension. Like, you feel this, I want to make a difference. But I guess, you know, even for both of you, like, how do you, in a healthy way, I live in... You know, I live in the suburbs, Chai Lai, not Chile. Um, I live in Webster. You know, I live over here. How do I come, you know, with an attitude like Jesus mm -hmm. of being available and not thinking that you're the savior, you're the rescuer? Exactly. Yeah. 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 What did you say, Alyssa? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I do think a lot of it comes with, yeah, the savior complex is a difficult one. It's an easy one to fall into, but. If you're going in, uh, I think we've, we've talked about intentions before, but your intentions need to not be that, like, oh, these kids need me, or this homeowner needs me, or whatever. Yeah. Like, they need me. I'm like, mm, I don't need you. But, and not in a bad way. You're definitely needed and useful, but you are not the savior. You are not the one that's going to make this change in this person's life like you could be an instrument in order to point them in the right direction that's super important and like so awesome but you alone like that nope that's yeah it's just not yeah and, and I think the the flip side that I see to that question is like so what is the alternative is the alternative that we do nothing and right. I I don't want to do things that's going to perpetuate a problem because that's that's not helpful mm -hmm. but also it's I, I do think it's even you were talking about how valuable it is for a young person to go on the missions trip okay well we can fly them for two thousand dollars overseas mm -hmm. or for 150 bucks they can serve the right. city therein and even when I look at the prophet Jeremiah he's saying pray for the peace and the prosperity of your city and then not just your city will prosper but you will mm -hmm. too and so I'm I want to be a person who's working for the prosperity of Rochester New York regularly and so if I'm doing that I also want to be teaching the young people that I have any sphere of influence to be able to do the same mm -hmm. and so I, I think that that's where God can captivate your heart maybe they get a vision for sustainable change within Rochester because of what God does in their heart at 14 years old mm -hmm. so so why do I want to do that as an adult? Because well, there's 800 kids who came to camp pre-COVID. And it wasn't just 800 kids. It was 600 adults, mm -hmm. too, who, who gave up their time, energy, and gifts to be able to invest in that. And when you when you do that, man, we, we've been able to every year impact 50, 60 homes. And um, over the course of time, you, you, you see this ripple effect in your city and relationships developed over the course of time. And I think that's, I think that's super valuable. And, and to say, like, okay, 
okay, well, we could, what if we don't do this or this right? It could have negative effects. Well, if you do that on anything, you just sit on the sidelines for the rest of your life mm -hmm. because anything you do could have, an, you know, I just, I think <laughs> if you play that out the full, full length, it, it doesn't help. Yeah, well, I, oh, oh, sorry. Go. No, you do it. I was just also going to say, like, it is really important to understand, like, as a kid, it's, I, even as an adult, but especially now, like we've been having this conversation, this racial tension and just the issue of racism. And, and as a kid, you have no idea what's going on. Now the kids do because <laughs> social media is wild. But, um, but as a kid, I drove 10 minutes. Like we leave Browncroft, you drive 10 minutes down the road from where I've grown up and where I've lived every day for the last 12 years. And you're 10 minutes away and you see a completely different world, mm -hmm. completely different. And now you're like, what is happening? Like, yeah. what what is going on? So that is something that I think is really important because it opens the eyes of kids. Like, obviously, you, you've been taught forever, like, there are poor people in Africa. We're like, we get it. Like, yes, there are. But there are poor people in Rochester. Like, we don't we almost forget about our neighbors because we see needs across the world and those needs are valid, but we can't forget about the people that are next door, literally 10 minutes down the road. Absolutely. I think even even on this tension of like the, the rescue or the, the savior complex, when you go and you start serving, you get your hands dirty. Now you actually get to have a fruitful conversation mm -hmm. with a kid about that. Like you could have it theoretically, but if, if they've never been exposed to something like this, it's, it's kind of theoretical as opposed to like, Hey, the, the person you're serving their their brother or sisters in the same grade as you. And, uh, so like, but they're, they're having a very different experience mm -hmm. on a day to day life. Like, let's, let's talk about this. Yeah. Like, what is that? Now you can have this great fruitful conversation with a, with an intelligent high schooler mm -hmm. who can process that. But if you just try to have that conversation in a bubble, where they've never actually been there. It, it feels theoretical. Mm -hmm. And, um, as opposed to once you're there, you're like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, wow, there's, there's a lot of differences. Like why is that? And it just opens up this whole new world of questions that I love when a student starts mm -hmm. asking because it's going to lead them to a whole different place than maybe what they've been previously exposed to. Well, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think it's really important. And one of the reasons I, I think it's important is like when we talk about these situations, the critique is on the church. Mm -hmm. um, so one of my favorite authors, he used to be a professor here, Esau Macaulay, I think one of the things that he said that just made so much sense is this would have been a different conversation on racism if we had it in the 2000s, you know, and and there's a lot of different reasons for that, but it, it, it wasn't bubbling up as much. And he said, if we would have had this conversation earlier, as opposed to when things were, were very volatile, it would have been different. And in some ways, the critiques on the church, which I think is fair, but I think sometimes we do this all or nothing. So mm. the church is either it's all their fault right. or, you know, they're doing a ton. But I, I think what we're having a conversation is if you don't go to church, you know, if you don't attend church, one of the things that you're missing out is a good, healthy church is involved a thousand different ways with the city or with their community in ways you don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I know of churches in the suburbs and in urban areas, they don't have, um, they don't have a, um, why am I blanking out? They don't have a soup kitchen. They don't have 
um, a community uh, kind of can drive play, or what is, what's that place called the uh, food shelter oh, or yes. whatever whatever <laughs> that's called they don't have those because mm-hmm. what they tell the people that is they go support the community mm-hmm. support the organizations that are already doing it and there's a thousand different of those examples that people aren't talking about maybe not necessarily not but they're not aware of that the church is kind of the secret um influencer based on the gospel to go do that mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a question in there but um <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just think yeah i mean yeah i don't know i think like the church and this is a bigger conversation but um yeah there is so much influence with the church that if we were leading this conversation and the fact that we are, you know, Flower City and, you know, starting this conversation with students, I know that um, the last couple of years they had teachings in the morning, just talking about the differences and just the powerful voices of people of color. And like that is important. This is an important conversation to be having. Um, and I don't want to see the church be behind on it I think we have seen that um but I'm excited that there's movement in within the church that's happening um especially using our young people just because they're passionate about people so absolutely yeah Yeah. and I I I would love for the church to be able to be on the forefront that the church is driving the conversation of how can we serve or how can we help or how can we learn how can we listen to our African-American brothers and sisters like how how can we how can we do that instead it's politics that has driven that I want I want us as a church to be leading the way and I think sometimes part of the way we do that, we got to we got to get our hands dirty. We got we got to get proximity. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we're all separated, uh, you know, Sunday's what's the most divided day of the week. Yeah. Like we got to we got to find ways to bridge this gap. And uh, so I'm any way I can be a part of that. I'm you know, I'm in. Yeah. So why don't we um, just train it? I mean, this has been a great conversation, but, you know, what is Flower City Work Camp going to look like this year? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. I, but uh, so yeah, they're they're doing some unique things because of COVID, and uh, so the first thing is uh, we're going to be doing a day long conference over spring break, and um, basically bringing in a bunch of different speakers to grow on a bunch of different topics. Still having students come in from all different churches and participate, but it's really a, a conference style where they get to choose and say like, how how can I grow and understanding how I could listen to the voice of God or um, how do I deal with my anxiety that's crippling me and holding me back in my faith. Um, So it's going to be a lot of valuable um, teachings, conversations, going on there. And then what we did is we moved the actual Flower City Work Camp back into the summer. And uh, the hope was that, you know, be able to have some less restrictions and um, have more people vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera, to, to be able to open things up more. And they made this call a long time ago, and now it's uh, looking more and more promising as, as things continue to progress here and our world opens up more. So, um, so yeah, there still is opportunity to be able to get involved in Flower City Work Camp uh, for uh, it, but that's going to be taking place right when school gets out in uh, the end of June, July. Before we get to our last question, um, I live in, you know, Idaho. I live in Texas. Yeah. You know, I, I live in Portland and all these different places. And I, 
I have no idea if there's a flower city or camp organization. What's your recommend recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, a couple of things. Number one, um, Ryan Smith, a former uh, elder here at Browncroft, was the, the one who I would say has helped keep Flower City alive. It was just a conglomerate of 60 churches coming together, and then we realized, like, hey, we've got teenagers with power tools we should probably like incorporate like for some liability purposes <laughs> like that seems like a good idea uh, so what's interesting even with Ryan's story is he volunteered as a worksite leader and he was like this is not the gig for me like he loved the heart of Flower City Work Camp but he was like this is not the place for me to serve and what's interesting is God allowed him to be able to use his business gifts to actually help us incorporate um, he you know also like ended up working organizing so many things for us um, and now he's actually moved uh, away and he's considering trying to open up something where he is so um, that is one possibility is to try to duplicate this replicate this in the city that you are but I think the other thing is to just just get involved with God, what God is already doing as well, whether it's through the local church or through agencies that are making a real big impact. You know, I think sometimes we can try to look back like, here's what God did. So like, let's try to just replicate that again. And I, and there can be value from learning from another city and saying like, hey, this is really effective way to do ministry. But sometimes it's like, hey, just get involved with what God is already doing and just serve in that way. I think that that would be my advice is rather than totally try to reinvent the wheel, I would say, hey, what are the opportunities in front of you and your city? Do you have any thoughts, Alyssa, on that? No, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I think it's awesome. So Ryan, actually, he was a leader with me. We were on the same team when I was a leader. So that was fun. <laughs> Very experienced humans. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Ryan, you did great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think getting involved – what you said, like getting involved with things that are already happening encourages the organization that's already in motion. And now you don't have to compete with someone else that's already doing that job. So um, I do think if there is, yeah, there's just, there are opportunities for students to serve, like get them in something. So whether that is working with an organization, just to tweak it a little bit so that they can include teenagers or young people or whatever um that is just like a special thing for students don't know how beneficial it would be to the organization I think that's why Flower City is so special because it is tailored around students so that like there are some insane people that love teenagers and they love middle schoolers what um <laughs> but it is so it's just like those are the special people and so this being created around those students to be like just empowered and I just think that is what's so special about Flower City whereas like you can join an organization and they're doing great work and that's super helpful but a lot of people are like I don't want to like have to help a middle schooler figure this out mm -hmm. like I want someone to just come in and be helpful so yeah find a really special organization or figure out some way to tailor it towards students too because they are useful we're going to get to our last question, but I'm going to put a challenge out there to our listeners from Rochester, but uh, also not from Rochester. You know, if you're from Rochester and you've been a part of Flower City Work Camp, you need to share this episode <laughs> and then write two or three sentences about what it's mean to you because that's powerful enough to invite people to be a part of this. If you don't live in Rochester, share it 
but you might want to share it, you know, with a pastor, you might want to share it with a friend, you might share it like, hey, what, you know, as Jonathan already said, what is God already doing? Um, and I think that this series and this conversation has been powerful because, you know, even if you're not from Rochester, there's organizations that are around you that are doing good things. Mm-hmm. And again, for all the reasons that we've talked about, uh, there needs to be an active part for you. So that leads us to our last question. What does Jesus have to say about this topic? So Jonathan, you're a great pastor. So whatever heresy we preach mm. or say, you get to clean up. Oh no, 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 no. That's what that's what Browncroft is here for. To, to. So, so Jonathan and I, I grew up Assemblies of God. He, you know, is part of an Assemblies of God church. So that's Pentecostal. So you know. We just feel the spirit's leading, right? Hey, amen, <laughs> amen. <laughs> All right. So yeah, no, I mean, the, I feel like uh, as we talk about with the Good Samaritan already, that that's so important. But even I guess this would be more the words of of Paul and God working through him. But it's like offering ourselves as a, a living sacrifice. And I, so I think sometimes even when it comes to volunteering, we can think of this kind of like clock in, clock out. So like I serve on this team on Sunday mornings from 8.45 to 10 a.m. And that is so important. And using your gifts within the local church or a local agency, like mm-hmm. that is so important. But I feel like the call of Jesus is to live a life of servanthood. And so just like the Good Samaritan story, you've got somebody in need right in front of you, then that's the person to serve. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think that that is so key and crucial as we as we look at the life of Jesus and the teachings of Paul. It's like, man, I, I want to offer myself as a living sacrifice in response to the goodness of what Jesus has done for me. I'm not doing this out of obligation. I'm not doing this because I have all the answers. I'm not doing this because I'm the Savior. I'm doing this in response to the Savior. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you like redid our order. Like you're like hosting. You were supposed to go last, but hey, we'll take Alyssa, do you have anything to add to that question? Yeah. So I I was just thinking when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about how intentional Jesus was, like just with the people around him. Mm. And that like whatever they were going through, he was there and knew and was accepting them as they were. Um and I just think that is a cool way to think about flower city and the fact that we're like we're going into people's homes that's a vulnerable Mm -hmm. thing it's super vulnerable to let people into your spaces especially Mm -hmm. like spaces that need work Mm -hmm. like that's that's hard it's hard to accept help and to admit that you need assistance and like to be in an area you're super vulnerable and so to, to have the privilege of going into someone's space and to take care of those like physical material needs and then also to discuss like the spiritual needs or to you know just have fruitful conversations about Jesus like I just think that is how Jesus responded to people like Mm -hmm. he saw physical needs he knew the spiritual needs and so he like went straight to the person you know went into their spaces went um just where saw them where they were and like reached the need and took care of the spiritual need and so I just think it's yeah just a beautiful representation of who Jesus was yeah you guys you guys like went all spiritual <laughs> like I'm just gonna go super practical so there's a verse in the book of Ephesians five it says uh, be wise with your time because the days are evil and as I'm listening to both of you um, so some of you here you 
you don't go to church and you're upset with the church and there's there's very good and warranted reasons why Mm -hmm. but i think the question for you to ask right now is you know what is the church doing with serving you know what is you know and it might not be the church that you know of there might be another one and i use that verse be wise with your time because i think part of the issue is we've busied ourselves Mm -hmm. with things that don't matter you know so i think about this um we have antenna tv um and uh you know i watch how i met your mother before and you know i I even ask myself this am i using the time that i have wisely and you know i think about just this question for you how are you serving on a weekly monthly and yearly basis and i think that that's important because it's a spiritual discipline and even if you don't follow Jesus, it's important because you need to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You need to serve in such a way that you're reminded that uh, people are valuable mm-hmm. as Christians. Mm-hmm. They're created in God's image. So I think what Flower City Work Camp is doing, it and any organization on this side of heaven is imperfect. They're doing their best. Mm-hmm. But it's powerful to have that moment where a student or an adult it begins to click of what God's doing inside of them. So, mm-hmm. man, I don't usually have to close. This is weird. I, you know, maybe someday I'll be a guest on my own podcast. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, flower, uh, yeah, flower. Follow Flowers That He Work Camp online. We're going to be sharing um, information about that. Um, whatever you do, make sure you subscribe to our email. It's at whygodwhypodcast.com. Jonathan, I'm so thankful. Can people get a hold of you on Instagram and Twitter and all that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All the places uh, where you can find Peter Engler, you can find me. um, (laughs) Yeah, at Jonathan Sigmund, pretty much uh, some sort of variation of that. I would love to connect with you. And uh, he thinks LeBron James is a GOAT. I think Michael Jordan is a GOAT. We'll just close on that. Well, that's a whole other conversation (laughs) that is way more nuanced than you have just made it. But we we will uh, spare your listeners that debate. (laughs) Anyways, well, thank you so much for joining. Have a wonderful day.